Ann Arbor's community-connected, student-run, experimental, experiential alternative, 88.3 centimeters. A box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's oh, said Pandora's box A box of chocolates Would I eat Them anyway Cause Every time I have Half a mind to leave you Babe That means I have Half a mind to stay Oh, good evening. It's WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name is Mike, and this is Pandora's Lunchbox. See, Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture every Thursday evening at 6.30. And you know what? Just to get things started off, I want to mention that there's an event happening right now tonight at the Ann Arbor Farmer's Market, and there is some food involved. It's called Nash Bash. It's free and open to the public. It started a few hours ago, continues until 8.30 p.m. And there's going to be music by folks like uh, Paul Birch and his band, the WPA Ball Club. They're from Nashville. They're coming up, and I hear they're going to start playing right around 7. And folks from the out bar are going to be serving up some food, including barbecue. And see, here's the thing. So that's that's at the Ann Arbor Farmer's Market right now. But pork and barbecue makes me think of all the different ways that we can use meat and other kinds of food. When that brings to mind the fact that I just spoke to some folks I'd like to introduce you to, if I can finish a sentence, introduce you to, who have a new business that just started about a month ago. They go a little something like this. Hi, I'm Walter Hansen, and uh, I'm the owner uh, of Beer Camp Sausage and Jerky, and uh, that's on South State Street, 1643, and we make all homemade uh, cured and smoked items like uh, homemade bratwurst, uh, homemade hot dogs, jerky, bacon. Um, and we're doing a 16-hour pulled pork sandwich for lunch right now. And we're also selling bags with the pulled pork as well. How's it been going? It's been going great so far. We had a great response from everyone. It's been uh, real busy. We're having a, a hard time keeping up with it right now. So we're going to have to bulk up and get ready for uh, when all the students come back. And That won't be long. I know. It's not long at all. So we're really uh, we're getting excited to see how the response is going to be come game day and things like that. So You're right in the thick of it, actually. You're on State Street right across from the golf course and you're right next to the produce station and that's um, I guess there are only a couple of food businesses right here but then again boy when the games come wow yeah this uh, this location was really important Um, we've been fighting hard to to keep this location and it was just the right fit for what what we wanted to do and we're right next to the produce station and we couldn't have had better neighbors Um, they've been really uh, nice and open to us being here and uh, very helpful with spreading the word, so we're real appreciative to them. So how did this all start for you, just from the very beginning, I guess? Um, well, when I was about nine years old, my dad uh, started a grocery store in Sutton's Bay, Michigan, and he threw me right into the uh, meat shop, so oh, okay. or the meat uh, butcher section, so I was uh, kind of a little uh, worried about being in there, but it ended up being really good. I worked with a lot of career butchers and uh, learned a lot of the tricks and uh, of their trade and uh, he bought a smoker and we started curing and smoking meats there Um, pretty much been doing it ever since so probably a lot of tricks uh, of the trade as you say with different cuts of meat different kinds of smoking techniques you 
kind of learn those as you went along as you got older? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's a lot of different uh, butchers coming in and out of there, so they all had uh, different ideas of how they thought things should be, so no, no one can ever agree on how everything should be done, so I, I learned a lot of different ways to do things. Um, what are some of the, you've got some interesting recipes here, if you will, I mean, different kinds of sausages and beef jerky, different flavors you've got. What are some of the flavors you have? Uh, for sausages, we do a lot of bratwurst right now because it's summer and everyone's just been wanting bratwurst. So uh, one of our biggest sellers right now is the uh, Michigan asparagus, Vidalia onion, and cheddar brat. Wait, I want to slow it down and, and savor that one. Michigan asparagus, Vidalia onion, and cheddar brat. Oh, yeah. And it sounds like a weird combination, but it really goes well together. And uh, the asparagus uh, keeps the brats nice and moist, and they're really good on the grill. And we also do a uh, dirty Swiss bastard brat. Which is, uh, I was intrigued by the name, Dirty Swiss Bastard Brat. Yeah, yeah. I hope uh, nobody's Swiss out there. <laughs> uh, we uh, use Founders uh, Dirty Bastard Ale, and we uh, use Swiss cheese in it, so the beer really comes out in it, and it goes really well with the Swiss cheese. And if you're drinking a, a Founders Dirty Bastard Ale, it goes even better with it. So, um, And then we also do a, a Hawaiian Bratwurst, which has a pineapple, pineapple juice, green peppers, smoked ham, and sweet onion in it. And we have the classic brats, of course. And we also do a uh, chicken and Michigan Ballotine cherry bratwurst as well for uh, people who don't eat pork or want to try something different. We also have a bunch of different kinds of sausages too, such as chorizo, uh, breakfast sausage like cranberry sage and uh, hillbilly sausage. And we have uh, smoked on dewey, um, homemade hot dogs, many different varieties of those. Lots of different kinds of jerky too. Different kinds of jerky. We have uh, we do right now. We're doing beef, chicken, turkey, and pork. And for some of the beef, we have uh, flavors such as uh, rock and rye and uh, sambal, which is we take fago rock and rye soda and reduce it with uh, sambal hot sauce. Wow. And it goes really <laughs> glazes it. It's really, really good. Very Michigan. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and uh, we also do a, a Quattro Crazy uh, beef jerky, which has a uh, uh, habanero, jalapeno, uh, sriracha hot sauce, uh, sweet chili sauce, and uh, red pepper flake. And that, is. that should be enough, I think. Yeah. I think it should get the job done. I, yeah. It could be a little hotter. If it was up to me, everything would have a little spice to it. Um, and then we do uh, different kinds of chicken jerkies, too. We do a, uh, a honey chicken jerky and we do a maple turkey jerky too as well and for the pork we do a uh, um, regular and we do a uh, Texas pit barbecue pork jerky and we also do a uh, sesame Szechuan uh, pork jerky as well Hey, hey there, how you doing? This is music from Supergrass, and this is called Coffee in the Pot, appropriately enough for a food show. But today's theme is about the stuff they're making at the place called Beer Camp, the new place on South State Street in Ann Arbor, 1643 South State Street. Artisan beef jerky, hot dogs, all kinds of stuff. Had a conversation the other day with the folks there and enjoying the music and enjoying the beef. 
just take a moment and uh, marinate and ruminate on the meat and the butchers of the world, shall we? Hey, everybody, did the news get around about a guy named Butcher Pete? Old Pete just flew into this town and he's chopping up all the women's meat. He's hacking and whacking and smacking. It's a CD. If I turn this over, it'll be blank on the other side. I don't. I don't understand. I don't. I don't understand that song. Is that why? Why is that? Why is a song about artisan meat on a collection called Risque Rhythm Nasty Fifties R and B? <laughs> Got me. So that was Roy Brown and his Mighty Mighty Men, and Butcher Pete Part One. You see, you got to turn the record over to hear the rest. But it's a CD. I, I think I just went through that. But nonetheless, this is Pandora's Lunchbox a show about food and culture. My name is Mike, and we're visiting with Beer Camp, a new business over on South State Street. Little business there across from the golf course, making their own smoked meat and, of all kinds, pulled pork and jerky and hot dogs and sausages and stuff. And uh, so we just, uh, you know, we kept talking. So how big is that smoker in the back of the building here? Uh, it's pretty big. It's uh, a 300-pounder, so it, uh, it can smoke a lot, of, a lot of meat in there. We did the first batch of uh, pulled porks. We did about 26 pork shoulders in there, so that can really uh, feed an army if we had to. So now You've also got a few other things. You've got a cheese sauce, and you've got uh, a cucumber cucumber salad, would you say? Yeah, cucumber salad. You know, it's uh, sour cream, cucumbers, dill, and onions, and vinegar. Just something simple that goes with, with sausages. We're trying to um, do a few... Uh, you know, unique and simple sizes that just go with sausages. And we do a uh, jerky pate, 
which has our uh, homemade jerky uh, ground up with uh, cream cheese, Worcestershire, green and red peppers, uh, onions, wasabi, and garlic. Wowzers. <laughs> Do you have a, this is going to be a rough question here, is it, what's your favorite flavor of anything? Of anything? Um, well, a good go-to for me is always the plain beef jerky. That's something I always end up eating. Yeah. And right out of the smoker, I mean, that's really when it's the best because it's super tender. Uh-huh. Um, and then after that, I guess I would say uh, the Michigan asparagus Vidali onion cheddar brats are definitely right up there. And the homemade bacon we do is also excellent. I like to cut it thick and slow cook it um, in a pan, and it just melts in your mouth. It's really good. We do a uh, traditional belly bacon, um, which we cure and smoke. And then we do a uh, country bacon, which is the, uh, the bottom of the pork shoulder. And we cure and smoke that. And it's a little uh, leaner than the belly bacon. And it makes great BLT. So if anyone's got tomatoes in their garden, now would be the time to come in and get some and make an awesome BLT with it. This is the tomato time for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Got some in our garden I'm waiting to, uh, to pick and make a sandwich with. Excellent. So. So it's just been a month and you're already pretty much going full guns. So what do you think's going to happen in the next uh, few months? Do you have plans for other flavors and such? Uh, we got a lot of ideas of things we want to do. Um, right now it's just a matter of uh, time and, and space, I guess. Um, we still have a service case we need to, uh, to fill up, which we have a, a slicer, so we'll probably be doing uh, corned beef uh, and pastrami and Montreal smoked meat and a bunch of different kinds of bacon and probably some um, smoked and roasted turkey. Um, and, you know, homemade cold cuts is kind of what we'd want to do is, you know, homemade like pickle or olive loaf is something we're kind of thinking we might want to get into. Um, just to utilize the slicer and, and have a bunch of homemade good stuff here. Um, we're trying to do as much, you know, homemade stuff as we can possibly do. Um, so it's just been, it's been a challenge, but we have a lot of, a lot of plans for the future. Um, eventually, we'd like to uh, rent the basement here and do uh, dry cured meats as well because it's uh, got the right temperature for it. I would just need to to build a box to house all the, all the stuff in and, and do, uh, you know, house cured salumis and pancetta and guanciale and lardo and a bunch of uh, home, home cured meats, which would be nice. So Also, it's, it's kind of a cool quirky spot here because you have two eateries really then you've got your next to an auto parts place or auto repair place and a, and a furniture place in fact there's a, a very nice bench right outside your your business that is from a, a furniture um, company not a furniture company but how would you describe it uh, well it's Hoffman's furniture and it's been here for a really long time and they do uh, antique uh, furniture uh, manufacturing and restoration um, and the owner Stefan Hoffman uh, has been here for a long time. He came here from Germany and then he moved to uh, Iceland and then uh, came over here with his parents and he didn't speak any English when he got here. Um, and he's just, he's quite a character. We couldn't have asked for a better landlord. He's just been, he's been the nicest person ever to us. So we're very thankful that, that we found this spot and that we have him as a landlord. And he always says that his, uh, his dad, Heinz Hoffman, would be very happy that uh, a sausage shop ended up going in here because, you know, they used to just love eating cured meats they have it you know some of it shipped in from germany and and they hang out in the back room while they're doing furniture and and, and eat stuff like this so he's really happy that, that this went in so we try to put out as many samples as possible to let people try everything they can and and there's just lots more stuff to come in the future and we make everything in-house everything is uh smoked and cured here so that's kind of uh, our specialty
Melody Notes, those boys from Supergrass again with their tune, Coffee in the Pot. Listen to it percolate now. Thank you, boys. Well, I was just talking there with Walt Hansen. Walt Hansen and Hannah Cheadle have their business over there on State Street. That is at 1643 South State Street. It's called Beer Camp. They've got artisan sausage and jerky and pulled pork and other such stuff. Good to talk to them about what they're up to there. They've been open for about a month now. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and uh, I couldn't help but notice some of the stuff that uh, Walt was talking about what he wanted to make in his basement. He mentioned salumi, and I said, salumi. I know he didn't say salami. He said salumi. So I looked into it a little bit. Salumi is actually a category of prepared meat predominantly made from pork. And it turns out salami is a kind of salumi. Prosciutto is a kind of salumi. And so is another thing he mentioned, lardo. There goes the music. This is really, that was a dramatic move there. Lardo. Let's talk about lardo for a moment. I just learned about it recently. In fact, um, in Zingerman's Guide to Better Bacon, which is important, there's a there's a chapter on Lardo, in fact. It says here, Lardo is a specialty of the tiny hill town of Colonata in the still hard-to-reach northeastern corner of Tuscany, where Michelangelo used to get his marble. Basically, it's back fat cut from the best-fed, fattest pigs, cured for months with rock salt, rosemary, cloves, and, quote, secret, unquote, herbs in square marble boxes about two and a half feet aside that are arrayed around marble-walled rooms. The salt pulls the natural liquid out of the pork, producing a brine during the aging process, which both protects and tenderizes the fat. When it's done curing, the fat is like butter, kind of like an herb butter, I suppose, thanks to those herbs and spices, says Ari Weinsweig, the writer of the book. He says here, Even I reacted with a bit of trepidation the first time someone offered it to me. This is fat here, folks. This is fat. My first taste came at a remarkable little shop called Juusti, I believe is the pronunciation, in Modena a place so small that it makes the original Zingerman's Deli space look like a superstore. The shop has been there since 1605. In recent years, it was run for many years by the late Nano Nano Morandi, and now by his wife and children. They served us a lunch of small, wonderful appetizers, the most memorable of which to me was the lardo served alongside freshly fried, pillow-shaped pieces of puffy dough called gnocco frito. You lay a slice of the lardo atop the warm dough and eat it as is. The warmth from the fried gnocco frito starts a very slight melting of the lardo, and I'll leave the rest to your imagination. Remember that in Europe, the fat is the most highly prized part of cured hams like prosciutto. So it only follows that lardo, which basically has no meat to get in the way of the fat, is the ultimate hors d'oeuvre. There it is from The Guide to Better Bacon. Lardo. Mmm. It's all true. Now... Eating Italian food and such, you know, one starts thinking, one's imagination goes pretty wild when you're thinking about Italian food and all the different varieties. And I was in Dearborn recently and went to a place called Alcamo's in Dearborn. That's Michigan Avenue, it's near Michigan Avenue in Schaefer. And I found myself a can of something wonderfully perplexing. Cuoco brand seasoning for macaroni with sardines. Now on this is 
a cartoon man with a Roma tomato head, a bulb-like head with a chef's hat on, with a couple of sardines that are just kind of floating on either side of his shoulder. He's in an action position. This this Roma Roma tomato-headed man is in an action position, ready to run with the sardines, as they say. I don't know who says that, but what's interesting is, is it says seasoning for macaroni with sardines. Now, you look at the picture, the serving suggestion, it looks more like spaghetti than macaroni, and that perplexed me for a while. My friend Ron tells me, see, uh, Thomas Edison brought macaroni over from Italy. It's a larger category of pasta, and it happened to be the elbow-type macaroni we know, and Americans said, oh, that's macaroni, it looks like that. It turns out that macaroni is not necessarily associated with the elbow shape that you find in your average macaroni and cheese. It's a variety of dry pasta made with durum wheat, and the macaroni noodles do not contain eggs. They're normally cut in shorter, hollow shapes, but the term does not refer to the shape of the pasta, but to the type of dough from which the noodle is made. So now you know. Well, let's go back to the butcher shop, shall we? Got a market. You better get you a butcher. 
Oh, thank you, Bernice Edwards. That was recorded in Fort Worth, Texas in 1935. Butcher Shop Blues. Again, a song about artisan meats inexplicably on a collection named Raunchy Business, Hot Nuts and Lollipops. I don't understand. It's artisan meat. What's what's to worry about? I don't, I don't know. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. I'm still Mike. We've got about five minutes until that ends, but then it'll... It won't really end, because WCBN continues on. Arwolf will help us to face the music with, I believe, some wonderful 78s and other wonderful uh, wonderful things. Wonderful things? 78s? Uh, Serbo-Croatian and Bulgarian and Greek 78s. Wow. Wonderful, delicious varieties of 78s. Mm-mm. It's coming up at 7 o'clock. That's in only five minutes. Stay tuned. Well, this is some some good news and some sad news, I suppose. A Michigan man has just wrapped up... A 4,000-mile ride on a tractor to raise money for charity. And, you know, we've all done that. No, 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 not me either. The Ludington Daily News reports that 66-year-old Dave Wolfson arrived Monday in Ludington from Wisconsin aboard the SS Badger Car Ferry. He's also known as Tractor Dave. He began the ride in June and traveled on a red 1937 tractor with a top speed of 25 miles per hour. He planned to ride more than 9,000 miles through 48 states, but the Muskegon Chronicle says time and bad weather cut short his plans. So Wolfson owned an agricultural equipment dealership in Fremont before selling it six years ago. He also drives a road commission truck. He used the trip to raise awareness and money for a food resource bank. And you can find out about his ride at tractorrideacrossus.org. Thank you, Tractor Dave. Sadly, though, there will be one less cooking implement in Michigan, one less giant-sized cooking implement in Michigan. The world's largest stove has burned. It has burned down. A fire has ravaged a massive wooden replica of a stove that was built for the 1893 World's Fair in Chicago and became a Detroit landmark. Fire crews were called to the world's largest stove at the Michigan State Fairgrounds on Saturday night after storms moved through the area. The fire department says a lightning strike may be to blame. The 15-ton replica was built by the Michigan Stove Company, painted to look like metal, The stove stood on a platform at the exposition over an exhibit of regular stoves, which were much smaller. It formerly was located near Belle Isle, an island park in the Detroit River. It was later restored and moved to the fairgrounds. Now the world's largest stove, once in Detroit, is gone. But its memory lives on, hewn in the rock of Stovehenge. Sorry, this is Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike. Arwolf is going to help you to face the music in just a moment, but one more, uh, one more rack of meat to go here. Let's go out with Louis Jordan. Wouldn't you like to go out with Louis Jordan and hear some of his great music? I would. This is You're My Meat. Yes, you are. Thank you for listening. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor.
outside in and inside out, you're my meat. Ah, you're fat and forty, but naughty, you're my meat. From your feet to your head, you knock me dead, you're my meat. I got you covered, but baby, you're my meat. In the days of old, when nights were bold, they were pious and modest, I'm told. Don't you see that couldn't be me? I'd have to talk about your yams and your big fat hams. It excites me so because I know you're my me. Fat and forty, but lordy, you're my me. I think I heard a recording of that once by Al Hibbler. It's nice to hear Louis Jordan's take on You're My Meat. Thanks, Mike. It's 7 o'clock. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 megahertz. We're the voice of the underground intellectual resistance movement, powered by some pretty amazing students at the University of Michigan, with a little bit of help here and there from regular working stiffs from the Ann Arbor community. Tonight I've decided to bring in a stack of what appear to be Eastern European uh, records from the 1920s. Is that right? I'm going to turn this down so I can hear better. Very nice. My headphones were torturing me. Um, yes, I ran into these and they're... Um, they're quite interesting, and I don't think you'll hear anything done in English. There will be a, a few instrumentals, including this first one. Uh, Bulgarian military band, uh, Sofiska Djandarska uh, uh, Musica. That's what it says. It's a Columbia Vivatonal recording, electrical process, which places it at, uh, what, 1926 or shortly thereafter, right? Any time after, maybe uh, even early 30s. This is a Bulgarian military band, and we'll just go into these strange old records.